Welcome to episode 479 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I'm sharing true paranormal stories from the web. As always, you can find all episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network. KUAP Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of the show, uh, two of them, every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank uh, the host of Trouble, Trouble Minds Radio, Michael Strange, as well as Leah Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing the shows and putting them up on the station. If you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. I've also written some paranormal fiction and nonfiction you can find over on Amazon. And uh, I have a Patreon page uh, with uh, some bonus content there. More to come as as um, whenever I'm able to make more. And, uh, and then, of course, as we get more and more interested in it, I'll try to put more up there on a regular basis. And then also, um, if you'd like to just make a one-time donation to the show, you can do that through PayPal or Venmo. And uh, because there are expenses in making this show, from equipment to research materials to travel expenses. As I've been saying for a while now, I will be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon this year, uh, November 4th and 5th. That's a Saturday and Sunday over at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and I'll be making recordings of myself and anyone else who wants to join me, uh, talking about all things paranormal, whether it's just uh, thoughts and theories uh, or personal experiences, and then I'll share those recordings on the show when I get back home. And that's only a little bit over a month month away now, month and maybe a month and a half, not even that now, so really uh, looking forward to that. And uh, Let's see here. I think that covers everything. Um, so we can get going here on the stories. Uh, oh, I, I always say that um, help is never expected, but it's always appreciated because um, just the, these expenses, they are there. And uh, sometimes equipment uh, sort of breaks without you ever knowing it's going to break. And then you have to get new equipment. So um, just uh, in case you ever want to help the show and Make sure it keeps on going as it is and maybe keep on getting better. Um, that's why those options for helping are there. So, uh, anyway, yeah, so let me see here. Let me get to the stories. Thank you all for being here today. I will be doing an extra show on Thursday, trying to get to uh, get the um, big episode 500 to land on a certain day of the week so that a very good friend can join me for that show. Uh, and that's going to be the episode 500 of the show that should should be happening on um, October 18th at the usual time. So 
really looking forward to that. It's really amazing that that it's we're getting so close to that many episodes of the show. And uh, so, yeah, 500 episodes coming up in a few, in a couple few weeks really is uh, amazing to think about that. So, and I wouldn't have even known if it wasn't for sort of having a uh, um, the the Podbean page. They tell you how many episodes you have, and uh, I never paid attention until I was trying to figure out a good way to sort of keep track of what episode I was on, and that's and that's when I started noticing. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you, uh, Rohan, in the chat. It's a, it's a fantastic achievement. Yeah, I, it's thank you. It's um. It really is amazing every time I, I think about the episode number I'm on and and uh, think about what's going to happen after that. Eventually, we're going to get to four digits uh, in a couple of years or so, around maybe a couple two or three years. We'll be getting up to episode numbers that have four digits, which just really does not seem... It seems very surreal. So, but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. You're 500 times better than the first show. Probably at the very least, yes. I would say so, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, and uh, I'll just say that right now. The plan right now is on episode 500 to have a, a very good friend of the show and I believe the first guest of the show, uh, Derek, the Night Stalker. As, uh, we're planning on having him on the show to talk with me about uh, just whatever is on our minds in the paranormal. And uh, we'll each bring a topic and see where the conversation goes. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be a great show. So um, anyway, back to the stories here to get these started. This first one says, uh, let's see here. Okay. This one says, this happened to my family and I back when I was around 11 years old. It was nighttime around nine o'clock. And my parents were, Temporary, temporarily, excuse me, pick up there. Temporarily out of the house. There we go. I was playing video games downstairs and decided to go to the bathroom. Leaving all the lights on, I went upstairs to where the bathroom was. Leaving the bathroom and landing lights on as well. While in the bathroom, with the door open, I saw something at the top of the stairs about two meters away. The lights were on, allowing me to see clearly. It appeared to be a man wearing a clean black suit, but with a face that was not human. I don't know how to explain the face other than that. The figure just stood there, looking at me, and I didn't feel fear. I was just confused as to what I was seeing. I can't recall what happened after the encounter, whether I closed the bathroom door or went downstairs. My house was a new build with only one prior owner who sold the house to my family. They're probably still alive. Both doors, uh, exterior doors I'm guessing they mean, and my parents, uh, or, sorry, both doors were locked, and my parents weren't due home for a few more hours, making it unlikely for someone else to enter the house. And that's the end of that story. Uh, I wonder, again, this seems like this must have happened to this writer many years ago, so 
there's no way to know uh, what they saw, but obviously it was something that was different enough where they could tell it wasn't a regular person. And uh, so I wonder, they say they didn't feel any fear. I wonder if that's, if that indicates that this figure was looking in their direction, but maybe, maybe not seeing them sort of not paying attention or what that situation was. Um, a lot, a lot of questions there and it's very, in its own way, it's very vague and I can understand how that can happen when, and you're writing about experience that happened many years ago. I have that with my own experiences. There are details that I remember about them. And then there are other details that I don't remember so well now. So, um, and, uh, who knows what that was. I'm wondering, uh, if it was more of that, of the, that the face was just blurry in that case, I've heard that before with apparitions. Uh, if it was something more like it was some kind of a creature's face, then that makes the experience even more odd and, uh, hard to explain or to, to, to sort of classify. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know what the writer saw there, but I'm glad that, uh, that the experience didn't go on. There were not, there were another experiences after. I wonder if it was just someone uh, or some entity passing through. I, I do think that happens, especially in cases where there's no other strangeness in an area before or after an experience. I think that um, to me, that is a good sign that that's just someone passing through an area and the circumstances and just, um, conditions maybe being just right for the for someone to see something at the time when they're passing through. Uh, I don't think we know all the variables that go into how that works, so um, it could have been to me that that seems to be that seems to make more sense, but then again, as I always say, I don't know for sure. So now moving on to the next story here. This one, let me see. Okay. This one says, uh, my family stayed overnight with friends in a historic town in Massachusetts in the late 70, 70s or early 80s. The friend's house was a modern split level built in the 60s. This town has a rich history dating back to 1641. I woke up in the middle of the night and needed to use the bathroom. While on my way, I saw a woman in my friend's room, illuminated in the darkness. The woman appeared to be in her 20s or 30s, wearing a blue and white uh, gingham dress with a matching kerchief on her head. She had dark hair and was bent over a wash tub, washing clothes, and paying no attention to me. Confused, I thought the woman resembled my mother, and I said, Mom? The figure then faded, and the room returned to darkness. Without feeling frightened, I went to the bathroom, and then returned to bed, eventually falling back asleep. The experience left a lasting impression on me, feeling like a glimpse into 
a moment, I'm sorry, an event from hundreds of years ago. And that's where that story ends. And uh, I think the writer may um, may have figured it out there. It does seem like, other than the fact that it vanished when they spoke, it sounds very much like a glimpse into another time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if it's a split level, I wonder if there was another home there or a building there, or if the ground was at the right level where this apparition was seen. Maybe they were seeing into a different time period somehow. Um, it's really hard to say, but that's a really amazing story there. I wonder, it does sound like this figure was from a different time, and the writer was able to sort of pick it up. Now, again, the, the, it seems odd in a way that this apparition vanished as soon as the writer spoke. And yet this woman didn't look up at him. So does that mean that she didn't, she wasn't aware of him or that she was, um, and she just didn't want to look up. It's hard to say with that, how that happened. Um, unless there was something to do with, I don't know. I wonder if, if, um, sort of the, the writer is speaking sort of that, extra vibration in the environment. Maybe it was the environment was just, just right for that kind of thing to happen. That kind of interaction of times to happen. And then the introduction of more energy or vibration into the area somehow disrupted it. Uh, or it was a spirit that was showing the writer an image of the past. And then, as soon as the they sort of whoever it was that was uh, arranging this, as soon as they realized for sure that they had the writer's attention, that that's all they wanted, and then that's why the image vanished. So many, um, so many questions and possibilities there. But uh, yeah, that's a neat neat sighting, and I've heard of that before in other stories where with people walking through uh, or walking around. Uh, uh, towns that date back to date back hundreds of years uh, that are basically very historic and, and looking at buildings and or into buildings and seeing into the past uh, seeing basically antique furniture and people in, in old fashioned clothes and then looking away for a second maybe even to talk to someone that they're with to ask are you seeing this and then they look back and the building is the inside of the building is different. It's back to um back to basically how it is now. And there's usually no one else in there. Uh and, and the but the objects that are in the room, when they look they look back, either they're different or they're the same, but they look older. So um yeah, I've heard of similar stories. And I really do think that I never used to think this way before when I first started looking into these things, but I really do think that time anomalies are uh, uh, just as as possible and as common as sightings of of apparitions of spirits. I think there's just it's um like I always say I don't think there's one answer to the paranormal. I think there's all kinds of answers, and I think that's that's 
why you have all these different kinds of experiences. And uh, it's just uh, fun to, to look into them. So hopefully you all can't hear the, the horn that's going on in the parking lot behind my place. But anyway, um, moving on to the next story here. And uh, let's see if we can get through at least two more today. Let's see here. Okay, this one says, I worked as a bio-burden tech at a laboratory. My job involved cleaning uh, germs off the medical devices and assessing contamination levels. I arrived late at the lab uh, at work one day with a significant workload. I asked permission to stay late to complete my tasks, which usually ended by 10 p.m. While working late in the lab, or in the back, I'm sorry, area, I had that word stuck in my head for some reason, uh, I wore earbuds and focused on paperwork. Later, I finished the paperwork and headed back to the main air- lab area. As I moved through the lab, I heard footsteps. And so I said hello, assuming a coworker had also stayed late. However, when I looked around, there was no one in sight. At first, I dismissed it as uh, something logical, but found it a bit spooky. I kept working with my back to the room, and each time I did so, I heard loud footsteps and chair movements behind me. This continued consistently, making me uncomfortable. I couldn't leave and didn't want to mention it to my boss. To cope, I called my best friend and had them uh, talk talk on the phone with, with me while I worked. Later, I discovered from coworkers that the lab was reportedly haunted. It would have been nice to know this before I had volunteered to work late. And that's where the story ends. So that's amazing. And again, so many stories like that. I've heard and read so many stories like that over the years in all kinds of places. And I had an experience like that um, with with footsteps and and sounds behind me. It was mainly footsteps. I've told this before when I was there for blind people. I went to several a couple times over the years. The first time I went there, the first night I was there, I was up at night all night because I'm a night owl. And I was in the their um at the time they had a small room that was their computer lab, their computer classroom. That was also you could go in there and just um look around online on the computers. <clears throat> and uh that first night I was in there and the door was closed because it was one of those doors where you had to prop it open if you wanted to keep it open. And I was in there just online, looking around online at websites, mainly like comic book websites and just other things and and games, card games, which are and board games, which are like the high, the the most advanced uh, games out there that you can find online back in the early two thousands. And I kept on hearing footsteps behind me, walking back and forth in the middle of this tiny room. And I kept looking a couple different times. And no, no one there, and no one could have gotten in there without opening and closing the door, which I would have heard. 
And uh, there are also these um, rolling chairs that were in the middle of the room where the footsteps are just basically walking, uh, passing right through and still making the sounds of footsteps as they walk back and forth in the middle of the room. So didn't feel bad. It just it did surprise me a little bit. But uh, so, yeah, that's a common thing. And I wonder how much electronics and technology was in that lab. Wouldn't surprise me if there was a lot. And I wonder about that, how often that contributes to uh, paranormal activity in some, in some places like that. So, anyway, um, excuse me, let me get to the next story here. But, uh, yeah, that training center, if you go back and, I'm not sure what they're called now, but if you can go back through all my shows and, Find the, the episodes that talk about my personal, where I talk about my personal experiences. All the stories about that training center will be on those. So, uh, anyway, we'll get through one more story here. This one says, I was about 10 or 11 years old when this happened at the end of a school day. I was the first to enter the cloakroom, the coat room, I guess. I'm guessing this is in the UK, but I'm not sure. Uh, the cloakroom to, to collect my belongings to go home. But I couldn't find my blue coat anywhere. I asked the teacher if he had seen it, but he hadn't. My mother arrived looking for me. After a few minutes, the blue coat suddenly flew into the room, I'm guessing out of the cloakroom, as if thrown by an invisible force. It landed on the floor giving them impression that something invisible had taken it and then quickly returned it. This remains one of the most strange and unusual experiences I have ever had during my time in primary school. So that's the end of that story. Uh, and it sounds like the writer was looking for their coat and it may not have physically been there when they were looking. And I've had experience with that as well, but and so many people have, where things just vanish, and then they reappear. Now, usually they reappear in a place where you've already looked. That's really amazing that the writer, and it sounds like multiple people saw this coat just um, basically get thrown out of the room and into the room they were all in. And um, so that's really amazing that that's shows some kind of uh, energy or some kind of physical manifestation there, some kind of strength. Um, so the question, of course, is where did the coat go? And that's who knows for sure. Um, I wonder what the history of the, of the school is there in that case um, for that to happen. But, um, yeah, so I don't know with that one. Um, I guess it could have been anywhere. I don't know why I was thinking it had to be the UK, but, um, but yeah, so just odd that that coat was not there as far as the writer was able to tell. And they would know their own coat, I would guess. And, um, and then all of a sudden it just appeared. They didn't see it appear. They just saw it fly out of that room. So was, was someone looking at it? And if so, why were they looking at it and how were they able to, basically make it disappear that they take it with them into some other dimension of reality. And it's, that's what I always wonder with objects when they go missing like that. So 
hard to say. But um, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.